Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back! Another Tuesday, another episode of Dynasty Theory. We have a good episode lined up tonight. My goal tonight, guys, I don't want to mention a player's name. Oh, okay. I'm thinking I can do it with the topic we have at hand. Mitch, you seem skeptical. Let's start it with you tonight. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? (laughs) How are you guys doing? It's a good night. Then we got Dan, Dan LaMagna, Mr. Niagara Falls here over the weekend. What's up? Getting ready for a vacation, man, there. Um, Mitch, I, I think we could sabotage this tonight where John does he mention could. a player's name. I, I think we're totally capable. But uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm out of hockey mode now. Obviously, my New York Rangers, great run, didn't make it. You know, I can root for my Phillies, but the baseball's for, like, forever. So let, let's dive into some uh, trade talk tonight, John Bauer. And I'm in Pittsburgh, so you know there's no baseball for me. The Pirates, oh, my gosh. Oh, Touché. my gosh. Anyway... We often talk about when we look at our rosters, how we kind of figure out, okay, we're transitioning into a rebuild. We're going to, we're going to take this team and and we're going to build it up into a contender, into a powerhouse. But even like, besides that, the actual trade negotiations themselves, they're so interesting across the board. They're so different league to league manager to manager Everybody we talk to in our Discord, some people approach it, it's like psychological warfare. And they go in and, okay, I'm going to say this, like everything is very methodical, right? But before we even get into that, Mitch, you're going through your roster. And this isn't about whether you're making, you're going for a contender or rebuild. What are you doing to identify that you even want to make a move. And I I put the note in here, and this is a reminder for all of us, especially me, okay? This is an attempt to let listeners and ourselves know not to trade out of boredom or trading just to trade. Dude, like, I've done that so much. So often. We all have. There was the league we, we started. We had like 150 trades in a year. And I mean, I don't think any of them were good. But... The biggest thing I'm looking for now is it actually going to help what I want to do in the future. Um, a lot of times I've made trades to where I'll pick up a guy just because I have a hunch about him, right? Like, oh, hey, I think Adam Thielen could have a really good two-year span here, so I'm going to go out and get him. See, I already named a player, so I already ruined it for me. But, uh, hey, I've, uh, we're three minutes in. I'm going to keep it going. It's Don't good. Worry. It's good. So I was just going to say that I'm trying not to do that now. I'm not. Tr- I'm trying not to go and trade off. Just I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, I need some more Adam Thielen in my life, which has probably never been said in the last two years, at least. Yeah, not many people were saying that. Dan, do you kind of share the same thought there? First, is there any names, John, that you could think of that maybe like Adam Thielen that <laughs> that Mitch mentioned? No, not yet. Okay, we'll, we'll hold you on. You son that. of a no, no. We're gonna keep this rolling. <laughs> I tried, Mitch. No, uh, you know. For, for a second here, I'm going to pretend like, you know, we have a life and, you know, you look at the course, maybe a seven day week, you know, because, you know, we're all like to a degree 24 seven football, but over the course of seven days, and I know all our listeners have different schedules and some are more active than others, maybe in the discord, but I always try, like, I'd like to do a little bit each day, but at least once a week, 
you know, there's some sort of relevant latest news or a change in a player's value that triggers something, or maybe the identification of a buy low opportunity or, hey, today's like roster day. I'm going to go through, let me pick one of uh, my dynasty rosters or a few of my dynasty rosters and find an opportunity to prove a team. I think any of those above things, again, sometimes you guys know we're like blasting it out. We're, you know, more available than others, but at a minimum, once a week, one of those things is triggering something. And if it's a good week, it's, hey, a few t- few days a week, more often, uh, any of those things will trigger trade activity. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it. In the Discord, we have all these conversations. We see it on Twitter, whether it's a trade poll, a conversation, a thread, whatever the case may be. But something sparks inside of us, and we think about a specific player or a situation. And because of that, I go through my rosters and I know, okay, I have player A. Do you see what I did there? I have player A on 10 rosters. But now, don't not tonight, Dan, not tonight, Satan. But you go through your (laughs) rosters and you're like, okay, I have this guy on 10 rosters. I have now identified him against the market as a player I'm looking to sell. So I go out and I look to move that player in a, a deal that maybe I am looking to be a contender this year. But it's a move revolving around maybe bolstering a certain position group or getting depth in a place. Let's say I have a ton of wide receivers and moving off of one of them that I see as a sell based on the market. And that's conversations we have every week on the pivot point, only on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. But those are kind of the situations. And it kind of helps you to avoid trading just to trade. And I have even had to be more, um, what's the word? I've had to be show a little more restraint. Hmm. Just because Mitch sends me an offer does not mean we have to get a deal done. It doesn't mean that because oftentimes I'm like, okay. And I think part of it is, and let me know what you guys think. And Mitch, what are your thoughts here? So you're in a league. It's not very active. And somebody shoots you an offer, but you've been reaching out to people, no responses, quick rejections, whatever. And now it's like, okay, I have somebody on the hook. I almost feel that need to get something done because it's very difficult to improve my roster in that situation. Do you ever think that? No, I think it all the time. I actually feel bad when someone sends me a trade and I can't find a counter. And I'm like, I would like to send something back, but their team's really bad and there's no one on there that I actually want to trade for. And it actually happens quite a bit to where at the end of the day, I end up just hitting the reject button and I don't want to be like, hey, you know, I don't like anybody on your roster. So usually at that point, I'll just hit reject and move on. Yeah. And the, the biggest challenge now, if it's a league that's active, you don't feel like you really missed that opportunity because there's going to be another window that opens up. But there are leagues that are like that that you don't hear from folks for how many months. And finally Dan jumps in the chat and I'm like, okay, I got to drop what I'm doing. Honey, I'm not feeding the kids. tonight. I got to get a trade done here. You know? So we, we all feel it, but trying to keep that in the back of your mind, don't trade just a trade. And I'm sure I even had one of those over the last week myself. There are times that depending on who messages you, one, I will take that trade into dinner and, and, and sacrifice getting in trouble. You know, like <laughs> now, you know, if, if if John, Mitch, you know, you know, Kevin mentioned there how active he is. And, and you know, I see some other gentlemen in the chat that we know are active. I'm going to get them later. But, JB, I think you're mentioning in the beginning of that question, all of a sudden, 
you know, player A that we haven't heard from in a month comes in. I am seizing the moment there because they are active. So there, I, I will really try hard to find something knowing they are that that one percent that Kevin said. You know, not the ninety nine that's online twenty four seven three sixty five. Now we looked at it from kind of evaluating our roster in a situation that we'd go out and look to make a trade. You know me; I'm always, at this point of the season, off season two. I'm always looking to acquire depth and I'm always looking you Mitch you're so sick of me saying this <laughs> I'm so sick I, of it man I always want to break up a player and move within a tier and add something move down a tier and add something but that's always what I'm looking to do so when I go through I'm like okay like my starting roster is fine but now it gets dicey then that's a that's a situation that I pursue a move more uh, frequently than if I like my depth a lot more. So we, we go through our rosters. That's all fine and dandy. All right. Now it's time Question. doing. Oh, yeah. Guys, would you, are you saying that through, you know, like the obvious is like a 14, 16 team you want depth. But do, is there a point in any size league, John, that you're still looking for that depth? I mean, hey, even a 12 team, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm still after in 12. Uh-oh. But now once you get down to like 10, even if it's start 12, I'm a little bit more, and I'm not in many 10-team leagues, but I am in two or three. I'm a little bit more, uh, I'm not as hesitant to consolidate assets. Mitch, you're laughing, but like. Mitch is great. Not, like, he thinks you're dead, <laughs> so no matter funny, what, man. JB. But I think that's I important do, for I, listeners, depending on size I'm structure. a big depth league guy, and, and folks that we have conversations in our chat, more often than not, when I post a completed trade, People will jump in. I know it's IJB got because it has the the package. Yep. It's John can have Patrick Mahomes on a team. And he'll be like, you know what I need? I need to go off my 23 points per game that I'll be getting. I need some Derek Carr so I can get 14. And you throw a Hunter Renfro in there and maybe two seconds. I'm oh, all about it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that is a slight exaggeration. Slight. Not, not much. It is slight. So now it's time to engage our trade partner, right? right enough, right. enough of you two razzing me. How do you guys? And I have a, a ton of different scenarios here. Some league mates fall under these categories. I would say that the three of us do not. But uh, uh, this is an open-ended question, more so for the listeners to to think about. Do you look for people to come with you to you with opening offers? There are some people they will not throw that first offer over. And sometimes it's just because they're, they're hesitant because they might not know the values and don't want to send you something that's too favorable where you snap accept because that's never a good feeling. Or they, they, they don't, don't want to come in too light and insult the other manager. So there are situations like that. Mitch, have you been more... I, I see a comment in the chat. JB should work for UPS. He's the package man. See, that's that, that's what it <laughs> that is. That one stood out. That that's what it is. Mitch, have you been more willing to go out and send blind offers, or are you the guy that wants to slide into those DMs? I never slide into the DMs anymore. I just send the offers now. Um, there's enough of my leagues to where. If I personally know the person, like if I know Dan, I would be like, hey, I'm interested in this player. I'm going to send you a deal. But I'm in so many leagues now to where I don't personally know the people anymore to where I'm just sending out offers. And usually if I'm going to send out an offer, I don't send it to one team. 
I send it to two or three teams and try to get that value back or a player I'm trying to get. Because usually when I'm trading is because I'm trying to get out of a player more so than I'm trying to acquire a different one. Dan, do you share the same sentiment there? And a lot of it comes down to the number of leagues we're in, right? Even the folks in the in the chat right now that are watching live on YouTube, on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, damn it. They are in so many leagues that we just don't have the time to have those discussions. So I have been more willing to just go out and sending blind offers, but I, I think it's taking, you have to take into account the other manager's roster. Mm-hmm. That is when you have the most success. And Dan, I don't know if there's much room there for disagreement. No, I, I enjoy when offers come in, but I think the important piece is to really know your league mates. You know, I think if we wait for them, they're never going to come in. And I do think the three of us fall under that aggressive, hey, we're, we're pumping out deals for a lot of different reasons at a lot of different times, but it's coming in volume. But in knowing my league mates, I know I do have um, some league mates that like to get in those DMs, you know, and, and have a little bit of dialogue and get a little, maybe a little bit of understanding of where I'm at a value or give their take. So I'm, I'm glad to engage if that helps move a trade along. But otherwise, it's just rapid fire quantity. Here come the trades. The old crap against the wall technique. The Dan LaMagna. <laughs> the the DL. We're going to dive uh, in tonight because I got a bad rap. I, I want to defend myself this evening, this evening no, I, man. I, I looked at the show notes. I was like, man, John's John's getting on me on one or two of these. I know he is. No, <laughs> no, no. Because, because we all have this situation. Listen, I'm not too proud that I can't admit the fact that we all have those trade offers that do deserve. And you know how I feel when somebody drops the LOL in the response to, to a trade offer. There are some, I'm like, yeah, that was garbage. And I even, a lot of it, it happened recently. I was blasting trade offers out and somebody had a comment back and I DM them and said, listen, I know the offer wasn't good, but I want to see where managers are across my league on certain players. Um, now I don't mind the conversation if it comes up. So if Mitch and I are sending some offers back and forth and I see something just as off, you know, and it might be the way Mitch views a certain player compared to how I do, or we're pitting two players against each other and we clearly aren't lining up. I might message Mitch and say like, how, what are your thoughts? How are you viewing these players? Because if we can get that understanding or even better with picks and I like to do the switcheroo sometimes and this doesn't often work, but if I see Mitch, you're coming in saying I wouldn't move, I wouldn't move so and so for for a 23 first. And I'm like, okay, let me see if we could do it the other way. And boom, your values change all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, I know not to continue these conversations. And that happens. There's sometimes trades just aren't going to get done. I always say all we can do is try. You've tried that with me and actually worked once to where I had to accept trade. I don't remember. It was a few years ago when you did it, but. With, with you, I think it was more ego or out of, you're like, I, I have to do it now. Well, yeah. And, and, and I knew it, it could get done. So do you guys have any go-to strategies when, if you are discussing with somebody, if you're, you're messaging via DM, like there are some people I know, you know, there, there's the salesman. We all know it. Every play. Hey, did you see that hype video? So-and-so is going to be going through the roof this, this year. Like we all know league mates like that. How, do you put a certain spin on it then back to them? Or do you just kind of say, okay, 
<laughs> I usually get a little snarky, to be honest. When I get the salesman pitch, it usually I, I send a counter offer that I could hype up just as easily, but with even worse, worse players. And that's really how I like to adjust, you know, for that. Now, Dan, you and I, Mitch definitely has the snark. He gets a little bit more aggressive. I actually had somebody DM me, Mitch, recently because of an offer you sent in a co-managed league. It was that 60-team league. And Mitch has a work call. Man, busy man. But, Dan, I think you and I I know he is. He's he's the reason this uh, – what do we say he was at one time into the state of Utah? He's like essential personnel to this, to, to Utah. Yeah, there. I forget he, what essential been during the pandemic. Critical. I forget what the word was, <laughs> but I don't like to burn any bridges with league mates. Right? We we have such a finite number of trade options out there. If you're in a twelve team t- league, you have eleven partners to potentially trade with. We know two or three of them. It's hard to get a hold of them. We know two of them unless they are completely taking advantage of somebody in their trades, they're not going to make a move. So now we're down to like five or six trade partners. How, how do you view when somebody is in the group chat, like bashing trade offers or they are, you know, you're communicating with them and they kind of go off the rails a little bit or, uh, you know, have choice words. It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, that, that's probably my one and only. Like, we all have little tiny pet peeves. And sometimes it's just, hey, you know, our kids are driving us crazy today. It was a stressful work day, those things. But in general, we're an easygoing group of fantasy football. Like, we're a football family. I truly do believe that. And I would never want to do anything that would hurt our dynasty leagues, that wouldn't keep them strong for many years to come. No, so, listen, listen. I, you know, I'm, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about the people that we talk to every day in our Discord. I'm talking about no, no. random Joe Schmo in, in a league that we don't yeah. know. And you send him a trade offer and he responds, this is the worst trade offer I've ever seen. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. Well, I, I think that's where I was going is I think the culture in our discord is what we expect for in most of our leagues, that healthy dialogue. Yeah. We razz each other a bit, but we're always kind, you know, we're not trying to ruin the league. So when we're in a league that maybe there, we're not as familiar with the owners and they do get snarky like that, you know, I'll try to take the high road and say, hey, you know, I, I didn't mean to offend you on a trade. Here's a little bit where I was coming from. I might even say, hey, you know, that that was a bad offer. You're right. You know, hey, let's re-kick it again. But if that person's always like that, John, or they're just not getting it, like, I mean, come on. Like, I, I think the best etiquette is to hit the client and move, move on And if you don't like it versus bashing somebody or trying to make a, a bigger deal than it is. Now, we know there's repeat offenders in situations like that because we're in plenty of leagues. Are there ever league mates that you personally, you're like, I won't I won't even send them an offer. If they send me an offer, fine, but I won't go out of my way to send them an offer at this point. I know I have, I have league mates like that. Either one, I know they're not going to reply. Two, we're not going to get anything done. Or three, I don't like them. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. petty. Yeah. But, but even you, John, and having gotten to know you and in, in- competed against you in leagues as you know as much as we work together on dynasty theory we're we're competitive in those leagues you let go quick like it's not like you keep it unless that person never changes you know what i mean like i think you always try you know you know you might, you might even i fire you up from time to time and you're like all right it's dan let's go you know you're but, you're, di- you're different i i let loose with you you're different 
you know, but if that person's never going to adapt, they're normally the leagues we're not going to stay in. And we don't ever want to leave a league. That's not the spirit of dynasty. But if it's not healthy and that person's never going to change and they're making the league hard and they become dead weight, that, that stinks. So, yeah, I, I, I do think it's critical. And Mitch, oh, Mitch, we're I'm talking not- about if there's any league mates that you will not trade with, maybe the way I phrased it with Dan, you won't actively seek them out to offer a trade because one of three reasons I threw out there, they're not going to respond. You know that Mm -hmm. it's impossible to get a deal done. Even if they do respond or three, they've rubbed you the wrong way. They're rude in the chat. They're rude in, in messages back to you. If you offer something and you just don't like them. Do you have, do you have managers like that? 100%. There's people who are bad at dynasty to where, they can't talk to people. They're horrible at offering trades. And most of the times they just let trades sit there. And so I'm not going to waste my time trying to send that manager offers. If I know I'm never going to re- hear from them in the first place, you know, I'm in enough leagues now to where I could pick and choose kind of who I'm trading with. And I mean, there's people to where uh, they could send me bad offers. I could send them bad offers and there's no issue with that at all. I actually love sending you two awful offers, especially Dan. Cause he's been a little snarky. As you said, <laughs> I am John. Uh, Dan's been a little, a little mean to me lately about my offers. And I'm just saying maybe it's a little bit on purpose. I, I have been in uh, busting chops there. I'm finding out in like the last, I don't know, so many months. I think it's because we've spent so much time together. Not just us guys, but some, you know, I see TJ in the chat here tonight. It's like, you sent me that offer after we've been, we know each other so well. And then like, so I get a little kick out of it there. That's fair. I remember when I was younger and it kind of goes with Dan's comment because we've been spending so much time with everybody. We are, we are in conversations 24 seven with everybody that's in this chat right now. I look at it like when I was younger, my aunt and uncle would take me, my cousin, and two of our friends to Ocean City, Maryland. And Dan, I know you're an OCMD guy, but we would go on vacation. And the first couple days, especially when we got a little bit older and we were, you know, of age to drink, we would still, you know, tag along. But the first few days, everyone's getting along. Everything's great. Once you hit like Wednesday, you kind of start to get sick of each other and little things start setting you off. I think especially whenever it's like family and close friends, everybody has situations like that. So I kind of compare it to that. But the last thing I want to say about the the conversation surrounding a, a trade offer or maybe even a completed trade, there are people, they love to go into the chat and bash a trade one way or the other. Why? I said this to Dan Mitch, whenever you jumped off for a second, we only have 11 potential trade Mm -hmm. partners. Why would you want to do anything to damage a relationship? It's not even about being a a decent person. Yeah, that's great too. But I want to have everybody available for potential trades. So every time Dan makes a trade, if I jump in there, Holy crap, Dan, what are you doing? You, you know, start checking your values. What is this? You're you're going to remember that, especially when we're degenerates, like everybody in our leagues. There are some people that I'm in six, seven, eight leagues with. You don't think they're going to remember that? And they're going to say, screw you, JB. I'm not looking to trade with you. You know, I used to do that like three years ago, or even during a startup draft, if someone was taking a long time on the clock, I'd be like, you know, 
you're, you could type a message, but you're not so busy that you can make a draft pick. Now I don't say a word about it. <laughs> I just absolutely refuse to. I don't say a comment, even if it's a bad trade. You know, usually I'll just like the trade alert and be like, hey, we're good. We can move on because me not liking the trade isn't going to make any difference in the world. But I will keep that in mind so I know next time, hey, this person is moving young players for a veteran. Maybe in a week I could come back and try to do the exact same thing. Yeah, of course you're going to remember it. But just bite your tongue. You don't have to be that person in the league chat. Last thing here. So engaging your trade partner right off the bat. How often do you guys utilize utilize your trade bait, Dan? Trade bait. I I was Glitchy McGlitcherson over there. Sorry, I have again. I don't know. I think the kids were downloading movies for for a trip. I don't know. That might have affected bandwidth for a second, but hopefully I'm okay now. I think Mitch said this maybe in the past in his closing thoughts. I wish people would say what they're looking for in the trade bait. I do use it to stir up some trade talk and make offers for players that I'm targeting, or maybe I could help my ro- you know, help my roster by seeing, um, you know, people on the trade bait that I have been actively looking for. So I, I do look at it, and sometimes the, I think we have league mates that they get those email notifications, so they say, "Oh, Dan updated his trade bait," and all of a sudden offers start coming in. It may only be a couple of league mates that do that, but if that helps stir up some trades, so I think it is a tool. But I really wish, and I'm just stealing your thunder here, Mitch, I think from a previous show, I wish people would say what they look for and not just put names on trade bait. You know, do you need a running back? Is it a receiver? Draft picks? Mm-hmm. That could sometimes help initiate things some more. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, Especially about everybody's guilty, but it's a tough Especially one. Especially when, when I'm in a rhythm and I'm just going through my leagues. Okay, trade bait, update, trade bait, update. If, if folks are going through and you don't list what you're looking for, and I never do, the only times I do is if it's a co-managed league with Mitch because he mm-hmm. often puts in there looking for a second for this player, whatever it is. But John, that's you're, certainly you're, – You're the alpha, John. You're, you're, you're like the, the player, the athlete that doesn't have to stretch. Like you have not – you're probably the 1% that has 9,000 dynasty leagues. So I, I understand you not doing that. So just so you know, for our listeners understand, John, John's the DK Metcalf of dynasty football there. It's like a cheetah. No cert- need to warm up. I'm 35 years old. That's the first time – my name and the word alpha has ever been included in the same sentence (laughs) (laughs) ever. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Tonight's a win, but yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of that, including the players or not players, but the types of pieces you're looking for. It can get frustrating though, because oftentimes if you go through, especially during the off season, everybody's looking for youth. Everybody's looking for picks. And while the trade baits are updated, it does make it a little frustrating. Now, one thing I'll do, so it's not necessarily trade bait. And Mitch, let me know what you think about this. I do this quite often. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it just doesn't get much traction. Sometimes I'll get responses and it leads to nowhere. And that's okay too. But I'll go in the chat. I'll say, hey, DM me, shoot it in the chat here. I don't care. Let me know if there's any pieces on my roster that interest you and who they Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, it kind of puts me in the driver's seat. I feel like if Mitch is coming to me and saying, Hey, I'm interested in a player. Okay. Now let's see what we can work with, but I know he has interest in that player, but also it helps because that's, that's the big issue with blind offers, right? I'm throwing stuff out there. You might have no interest in any of those players, or it may look like you have a contending roster, So I'm sending you those veteran players, those pieces that can help you win. 
but you look like you look at your team and you think, okay, I'm taking this in a different direction. So that's when the, the communication I think can, can come into play a little bit more. And, you know, like I said, almost give me a little bit of that leverage because I know you are interested in this player as opposed to me trying to pawn them off on you. No, this is a really good thing you do in leagues is sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, John will go out and he'll be like, Hey, and he usually gets a trade done. He'll, he'll post it in five to 10 leagues. But in a couple of weeks, he'll get a trade done to where I'm trying to send an offer out to one or two select people that I think are interested. And I really don't know. So I think it's a really smart move for people to do. And especially like you don't have to sit there and spin your tires over, okay, a well thought out trade. It's going over to a manager that has, they're not even going to look at it. And th- can I just say, do people not have email on their phone? Do they not get notifications? Like I get heartburn if I see a trade come through. Like I have a response one way or the other. Accept, counter, reject, boom, done. I do people not see it? Or what what kind of phones are we using nowadays? I think it's a similar challenge I have at work. We're trying to engage these college students. You know, it's like, okay, some respond to emails, some don't. Some you've got to text. Some you got to put flyers out for. You know, some you got to get that person-to-person contact in the chat. So it's definitely a challenge, JB. Uh, you know, and so I, I try to do anything I can to, to increase trade activity. But I think the trade bait, another important thing is to refresh it. I think it's something we don't talk about. So I'll go and look at the trade bait and I'll say, okay, hey, today's June 14th, Dynasty Theory shows on. I'm, I'm going to make a trade after the show. And I go and look at the trade bait and the one person, you know, like, up trade bait and they haven't refreshed it since January. It's like, so that's not even really <laughs> trade bait to me, you know, or, you know, two, three months ago. So I try to target those that are, have updated it maybe within the last month. So at least I know it's kind of in their peripherals that they still want to move those players. So I think w- I always look at those dates. Good idea to refresh. Here, this is a nice comment too from uh Mr. Revis Island. I like to send a blank offer with all the players I like on their team and say, Hey, I'd be interested in these guys. What do you want for them? Uh then we have I, Kev in the chat. Does that work? JC, I don't like receiving it, those. It, it works because I'm like, oh, this is kind of a new technique. And it's kind of like you, JB, in drafts, and like you try different things. And so I, I've seen that. And the only thing is I get nervous that I'm going to accept it and trade five of my stud players exactly. for nothing. Yep. Like, even though I know they're an, you know, a person of integrity and they would trade it back if I did that. But boy, does it get me nervous. Yeah, and I, I do. Like, I've tried that before. Hey, these are the players I'm interested in. Or, like, again, people don't really want to do the work. So, hey, Mitch, these are guys I'm interested in. Let me know who on my team is interesting to you. Well, if they're good players, you're not going to want them. You're going to want, like... I don't even know a player low enough that you'd be like, you know, I want Brandon cooks and Marlon Mack, but you could get, and then you will give me Cooper cup. Is that pretty close? No. What is this? Oh. What is this? Oh. I was All trying right, to so, pivot. So we talk about uh, being the one to, with opening offers, blind offers, DMS, are we starting conversations or are we just getting the offers out there and then utilizing the trade bait both ways. And then what we had in the chat there from Mr. Rivas Island, uh, sending that blank offer with, hey, just so you know, these are the players that interest me whenever you get around to it. Dan, I'm going to start with you because I know the answer to this question. How would you categorize yourself here? If you had to, if you had to give it from zero to 100, zero being you only focus on lower depth pieces in trades, and then like 
you would go after higher value in your rookie drafts, okay? Or a hundred, you only want blockbusters. Where do you range there? So hear me out Fif- here. Fifty. Uh- I would say 50, you know, maybe you can tell me a little bit one way or the other. I do think our podcast and our discord has rubbed off on me where each year I feel like I evolve and and I I try to adjust and kind of, you know, meet the listeners in the crowd and our our league mates where they're at and do my best to buy low, sell high. But I am unique. And I think the majority of our league mates and yourself, they love the blockbusters where I would trade Cedric Wilson for Jarek McKinnon and enjoy that trade and be happy about it. It's like, all right, you know, for some reason, I think Jarek McKinnon's going to get a few more catches this year. And, you know, Wilson was a former cowboy. Like somewhere in my head, I like those small trades too, or mixing them in a, a bigger deal. Like, and that's where I always have that saying, you know, I love to have something in the trade to go home and tell mom about whether it's some fab or, Hey, we are making a blockbuster trade, but you know what? There's some ocean bottom players on both of our rosters and maybe we could find something just like an NFL team. You know, you're, you're just improving your depth or mixing it up a little bit. So I'm 50, 50 JB. Mitch, where are you? I really fell at trying to trade for low end players. Like I'm really, really bad at, even like wanting to accept an offer with lower tier players. I really wanted to do the higher end and then kind of let my bottom half suffer. I mean, it's something that I'm trying to get better at um, hitting the waiver wire a lot more on those sort of things. But as far as making trades, like Dan mentioned, uh, that trade wouldn't even come into my mind unless I have like all of my wide receivers are injured and I need Cedric Wilson for one week. Then it's like, all right, how do I go get Cedric Wilson? Cause no one else will trade with me. All right. I'm going to throw you both in a bucket here. I would say Dan is like, no, they're going to be two different buckets. Oh, very okay. different. I would say Dan is like 20 to 30. So more on the side of lower value trades, churning the end of your roster, but you have found success with that. Mitch, I would say you're like 70 to 80. Oh yeah. <laughs> you are closer to the blockbuster trades as opposed to those lower value pieces. But again, you have made that work for you. I think there's a great comment in the chat. There's two comments. Um, Where'd it go? Are you looking for that comment? comment. I do always love like this off season. And I've had success maybe with different bigger names in the past, but I love a good Tommy Tremble or Devin Duvernay as as much as that blockbuster deal. Like I just see that little glimmer of upside somewhere. So. So Kev says, my issue with those assets that are worth less than a second, it always seems like they require an overpay. So sometimes, and then he says, if not in a package, that's where I think the edge can be had. So you go approach these managers, you kick off these conversations, you get those ocean floor depth players added in because most of the time they're not going to make or break one of these trades, especially if you're like Mitch and you're on that more blockbuster side, as opposed to Dan, who might be more Netflix. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, I'm pretty hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Here you go. That, that's like two it. blockbusters in one week for you for that obsolete business. I think you had a tweet or something out with a, a GIF with a blockbuster. You had something. Oh, I always do. I always do the blockbuster videos. Did you guys still, I, I asked you this last year. Did you see that documentary, The Last Blockbuster? Nope. Come on. <laughs> we never watch the same things. And I feel left out. Hey, I watched Downton Abbey. I'm sure you've seen that. No, which is surprising. You would think that I... very surprising. You think that I would have. So that's looking at the higher value versus lower end depth. 
I would categorize myself as 80, 90, probably. I, I, I like the big deal. Okay. So the initial offer, you you identify that that trade partner. Mm-hmm. You're you you uh narrowed in on the assets that you're looking for. Dan, I want to start with you for this first one. This is where he's are you fair? Me. Are you fairly close to your best and final offer right off the bat? Or do you leave some wiggle room in there? I think it depends on the location of the moon. You know what month it is. Uh, it, it it varies without a doubt. Uh, I am really trying to be more mindful and, and send, I would say, closer to final and you know balanced uh, offer. Uh, but sometimes I do send what I think are creative offers and they crash and burn. It's that whole quantity. You know, I'll, I'll go across 15 leagues and I'll go after chasing certain players and say out of 15 offers, there's some that are really close to even just based on the way the rosters fall. And there's some that are lopsided. And again, it's, it's no ill intent decline it and move on or counter with what you want and think is a value. And Hey, we either find a deal or we don't, but I am trying to be closer. Mitch best and final right off the bat. I always try to send an offer, but I'm not sending my best offer. I'm sending whatever I think the other person will counter with. So if I'm sending an offer, I'm expecting a counter, but I'm trying to open my offer in a way that allows for them to counter the counter that I want them to. If that makes any sense at all. It makes sense in my head, at least. So let me get this straight. You're sending them an offer. You're having a second round pick included in it, but you would gladly accept without the second. So you're thinking they counter without the second. Or they will add some small piece, and I'm like, hey, that works. Greg says, I try to be best. Uh, I try to be close to the best offer. I'm not a serial negotiator. There's some folks, they just, they love doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That That's perfectly fine. Hey, back and forth. Dan, you and I were fairly close on a deal. We've been talking, let's say, we've had a few back and forths. Are you the type of person that needs to get that last offer in? Like there are some people, they have to send the last counter. And Dan might be frozen. So Mitch, I'm going to bounce it over to you. Were you explaining yourself there? Whoa! No, I am very willing to just say, hey, we're close enough. Uh, I really think it's only with me that like you have to get that extra something like you have to get it every time. And I will say, and I'm very adamant about this. I think I give in way too often when it comes to trading, especially amongst friends to where it'll be close and I'll be like, fine, let's get it done. Now, there are some managers that I know for a fact they have to get the last counter in. And sometimes it is okay to leave that little extra room because it builds that trust and Mm -hmm. it builds that rapport. If I know, you know, uh, in our chat, in our Discord Patreon, Zeb, he he is a great league mate because I know if he, if we are close enough, one way or the other, we're gonna get a deal done. Sometimes I give in, sometimes he does, depending on the league and the situation. But when you have those people, hey, I need that $10 of fab, Dan, or I need that fourth round pick added. I had a certain league mate out of spite. I I said I walked away from the trade and said, you know what? You we've changed this too many times. I know you just want a fourth added, but we were good to go. What are you doing here? And I've walked away. 
Yeah, if the deal is good to go, go. I'm not like, okay, I I got this person. I want to ask something else. That's not right to do. Um, But I do like to negotiate. But I think it's important to know your league mate. John's not a big negotiator. If it's close or a little something, he might negotiate maybe one counter. It's like a one counter max tops <laughs> if it's a good day. Otherwise, if John gave you that offer and you asked for like a dollar fab more, it's over. It's done. Like that's it. So I know that. So I'm more probably prone to just accept John's <laughs> offer. Mitch, then- I know Mitch will negotiate a little bit more unless it's just off. That You know, then it's all right. Hey, I got to go back to work. But, you know, he'll negotiate a little more. Zeb, Zeb, I, I drive Zeb insane sometimes as we go back counter. But, like, that is the one thing, like, I love to negotiate. And I don't know if it's, like, former business owner in me or, like, coach in me. Like, I just love the the art of the deal there. Let's let's find a way to, I don't know. I, I just enjoy that. It's kind of like the fun part of the game for me, negotiating. But – I think you got to know your league mates and it could cost you a deal too. There's, I've, I've lost a couple of deals over the course of time where it's like, Oh man, I should just accept that offer. I had it. And then you lose that owner. So it is important to be mindful. Now, knowing your league mates is critical, Mitch, you and I are in a league. It is a 16 team league. There's a manager that comes in super aggressive with offers, not very close, but I know for a fact it's happened multiple times. He will start to drive his price down. Oh yeah. <laughs> as a conversation, as you reject it, he'll knock off that piece. He'll knock off that piece. And then by the end, you're sitting pretty with this, this final offer. So knowing your league mates, just like Dan said, know if you're, you're dealing with somebody that will just walk away, you know? Okay. I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, or you, you have one or two counters tops. Sometimes it comes down to time. Like, I just don't want to put that much time into one specific trade, you know? Um, That's Mitch, a good point, re- too. Oh. Mm-hmm. John, ahead, like, like there's, there's certain trades, maybe someone offered you, and not, you're kind of mildly interested. And, you know, the, there are certain times I just don't want to go. As much as I love negotiating, if there's not much to negotiate, I mean, I'm not going to put in that, that much time. And not just because of me. I don't want to waste your time either. I will say, though, there are times when people say, Hey, is, is it wrong to not send a counter? There was a Twitter thread recently. I saw, I don't know if you saw it. It said like, as a commissioner, I expect certain etiquette from the league mates and <laughs> you engage in conversations and send a counter, just respond, just reject it. If you reject my offers, I would be ecstatic. Then it just sitting there. But <laughs> let me say, no let me say this real quick. And this only happens with MFL, my fantasy league. Like a lot of times the email goes to my promotion email on my Gmail. I don't know why, but I'll open it up three days later and I'll be like, oh, look, I got a trade. And I, I don't think that's my fault. I think it's the service provider more than anything. What excuse is there that if I DM you or I tag you in the group chat, well, and you still don't respond? Well, it's probably because I don't like you, but. That's fair. Yeah. That's why nobody responds to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that that kind of led to folks saying is it okay not to counter or we're not even close why would i counter here again i have had some where and this is rare this is like one percent where we were this far apart you can't even see my hands right now pretty far yeah and it starts to get closer and closer and (coughs) (coughs) oh and i'm I'm, by the end by the end you're choking because the deal is that good (laughs) That's what's happening there. Mitch, hmm? do you ever revoke trade offers? 
very, very rarely. And really, I only do it if it's one of our co-owned leagues because I know you like to revoke after not very long. I am You're on a time limit with John. Holy cow. You know, it's like, <laughs> Listen, you didn't get through the work day. And it's like, oh, so I did, sorry, John. I didn't answer you quick enough. Jeez. Now, let me say there's some, I've tried to get better with this. But when I first started playing Dynasty, if Mitch and I were in a conversation, this is, I'm just using Mitch for the example. Mm-hmm. If Mitch and I were in, in the DMs and we were going back and forth and I said, okay, I have the offer here. I'll send it over. And then nothing. Like you're in the chat, you're there. What what are we doing here? All right, revoke it. It's not. It's listen. It's not that it wasn't that important to you. Fine, break my heart. The deal's off the table, and that was kind of out of spite. That- but now, ne- but now, hold on, hold on. But now, I don't like to leave trade offers open because you see it time and time again. Sketchiness from managers. A player gets hurt. A player. Um, you know, there's an off the field issue or something. People will tell stories and you see it all the time where there was a deal open and it got accepted. That's one reason I don't like to leave offers out, especially if I've sent them a DM, I sent the offer three days ago. Like, why am I letting this sit out there? So I am a revoker. Three, three days ago, I get it. John, you don't even give people an eight-hour work shift sometimes. That That <laughs> listen, is that is my listen, John Bauer pet peeve tonight. Like, things do come up in the course of a day, you know? It's like, you You, know, you don't go to the bathroom calling, and take a crap? You don't, you don't, you don't go to the, the bathroom? It doesn't always time out, John. It doesn't always time out with your trade offers. If it did, you'd probably get the response. But sometimes, you know, you yell at me for, you know, being, I got to be active on the Discord. I've got to check the emails. I've got to check the trades. Sometimes, JB, your trade gets lost in the shuffle of that when I go to the bathroom. So you, you've got to be a little more flexible, I think. Well, at least then, I, match, I, we think eight hour shift. Eight, I mean, is there like a, is there a, is there an hour etiquette? On this? I don't know. I think eight should be minimum, to be honest with you. But if you and I are in the middle of a conversation and I send you an offer and then you're Harry Houdini all of a sudden, the the great vanishing act of 2022. We work during the day. So sometimes I'll be in the middle of the conversation. What do you think I do? Someone will knock on my office door and then I I get sidetracked. And it might not be until a few hours later that I get back to your trade. It's like, all right, let me see what this is. Wait a second. Where'd it go? I can't find it. Oh, yeah. He revoked it. Thanks, John. All right. Well, I am a revoker and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but let me, let me ask you something. All right. This has come up. This has come up. Mitch, you send me an offer. You revoke it a couple hours later. For some reason, I must've been on my deathbed because I didn't respond because I'm an instant responder, but let's say I didn't. And then I come back to you and say, Hey, I saw you revoke that deal. I'm still good for it. Or I'm still good with it. Mm -hmm. And you say, nah, change my mind. Is that fair or foul? It's fair. Why wouldn't it be fair? Okay, I just want to, I, I had this situation. I think that's important. Once. Same here. Just the, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's a league mate that I, I have much respect for. And I sent an offer and he declined that offer. But then later he countered. And, and the, the, the holdup of the trade was a draft pick next year. And the league mate wasn't, really just didn't want to mess with next year's draft picks. I'll leave it at that. So some time passed and he's like, you know what? I will. And he ended up giving me the offer that I originally sent him, but it gave me too much time to think. And I didn't want to do the trade no more. I felt bad, but 
I'm like, you know what? That wasn't really smart of me. Just looking at the valuation of players, and it just gave me way too much time to sleep on it. And you know, just, much respect. I apologize. And that's happened to me on the flip side before. So I also think it's time. fair. Now, let me ask you this. This actually came up, and we haven't made a trade since this gentleman and I. Uh oh. And this was two years ago, I think. He sent me an offer, and surprisingly, I rejected. I, I know it it was uh, oh my gosh. Who it was two offer? players for one. So of course I'm getting the depth in the deal. So of course that should be a JB accept, but I reject it or no. How did this go? I, I just got done. You know, saying, if you would name the players, this would be much easier. In my no, no, but he, offered, I, uh, he offered him Austin Hooper. Hooper was the deal breaker. The Hooper scooper there. 48 minutes. And I said a name. He but said a name. He said a name. I, this is it. I sent him the offer. He rejected it, came back a little later and resent it and said, you know what? Actually, I'm good with it. And I told him, I said, I'm glad you gave me the time to reconsider because now I no longer want to do it. I received a comment back and we have not made a trade since. So that, that's always, I, I've thought about that, you know, from time it. to time. So it. that is, now let me ask you, is this fair or foul? I had a manager do this to me and I told them if, if, this is how you do it. We won't make a trade. And eventually we settled it. But you sent me an offer, Dan. Okay. And you know, I can't accept because it would give you an invalid roster. Okay. I go to accept it. I can't. I message you. Hey, I'm good with the deal. I had somebody tell me. I just wanted to see where you were. I'm, you know, now I have this information. They knew I couldn't accept it. Because they had an invalid roster. Like, it would have given them one extra player, right? Mm -hmm. So they could... Like, I told them, if this is how it's going to be, we will not do a trade. <laughs> we did the trade, and I actually want to go back and see what the trade was at this point. But I was so frazzled. And I, that was like 2019, JB. So he got frazzled a little more often. Uh, that, that's a little new territory. That's that's a different one there. That that feels a little, you know, I sketchy. Like it. <laughs> that's but a little dirty to me. It's I think that's dirty. The the revoking, the rejecting, and then trying to offer it again, that's a little more that, that's fair to me. That is fair. It might rub people the wrong way, but this kind of goes into the last question here. I said we want to build trust trust with our league mates, right? How can we go about doing that? Things like that. Th those are not accepting trades that were sitting out there and there's an injury or a trade or something. All right. Checking with that manager. Hey, are you still good with this? I, those are little things while technically not dynasty illegal. I think it does go a long way. Right. I agree. I think the easiest thing you could do to, build trust almost everyone likes saying where they're going on vacation right everyone likes posting it oh hey i'm at myrtle beach this week or whatever when they get back just be like hey how was your vacation what'd you do did you have good food if you could take the time to do that it immediately builds good trade partners if you could do that i don't have time for that no. dan what are you <laughs> dan what are your thoughts i mean to me it's case by case 
There, I mean, there's been times, I, I mean, I, we could think of, a, you know, I, I traded Deshaun Watson. We had a league mate who wasn't really familiar with the news. And I know that was a little controversial one there. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been on both sides of it. And there's been times where I've flipped something back and say, okay, not a problem, not a big deal. So I, I'm, I really need to hear the scenarios. I mean, to me, it is still a competitive game. We're competing for prize money. We're competing to build the best roster. But I'm not definitely don't want to do anything, you know, intentionally shady or unethical so it depends jb not to be wishy-washy on an answer i mean i don't want to alienate a league mate or lose trust i want to keep the game fun and and enjoy it with them and be transparent for sure see it it should be fun all right even though as i scream pretty much every show i swear i'm having fun (laughs) i am but you you want to have that trust you want to develop that rapport with these league mates and Dan, you said, well, it's still a competitive game. You want to win. And I think you can do that longer term by having those bridges still open. Those avenues to to trade with different managers. Whereas, like, if I sent Dan an offer, again, just using Dan as an example, and it involved uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, but whoever. And he goes out there and bust his leg up and then Dan accepts it, you know, with me getting Lawrence, I'd be aggravated and I would remember that. Yeah. I mean, that's like knowing a guy has damaged goods and you're not going to be able to use them versus he was a little gimpy at practice maybe. And I mean, there's some chances you take, I went went with what happens after the fact. Yeah. The, the the long and short of it is keeping those relationships afloat, not further diminishing your potential trade partners because we want that level of activity. We want the availability of players on all of those rosters, picks on all of those rosters. And if you start burning those bridges, it's not going to be great. Final thoughts. God, this is a fun show. I like this one. I, Mitch is... Mitch is getting work calls. He's tired over there. <laughs> These long days. I, I was joking. I said, I'm the only person that adds a member to the family, another baby. And then I start mm-hmm. getting more sleep somehow. Yeah. It never works that way. Mitch, final thoughts here. 162nd time. All right. So I'm going to shill for the discord just once because it's free. So join it. The reason why you want to is because people were, will post the drama that's going on in their leagues. And every week we have something new, and today's was so funny. I was laughing at work just reading over it. So, I mean, if you want to just have fun and read about crazy leagues, there's, I mean, through all the different members, there's probably 2,000 leagues that we're all in. So, I mean, there's, what, 300 people in the league now? So, I'm sure there's that many leagues. I mean, there's some funny stories in Dynasty. 345 members don't shortchange it there we go dan what do you got here for the final thought on tonight's episode i'll just piggyback a little off of what mitch is saying you know plug in our discord as much as we try to give nuggets to our listeners whether it's in the discord or through our podcast we learn as much from them the different trade scenarios that you know in the spirit of trades tonight there i i get a lot of takeaways every week whether it's certain players we're hot on or just the, the, the market values or the trade values. 
I think our Discord just crushes us as good as any. And uh, we got a very knowledgeable group of passionate dynasty players. Uh, so hop in there, get in the chats, whether you've got a little time or a lot of the time during the week for a Discord, it's always going on. I have the busiest day and I'll hop in there and I learned something. So kudos to our, our uh, dynasty theory family. It's a pretty great group. Pretty great group. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, at Dynasty Theory FF. Hit us up for the Discord link. It is 100% free. If you want some bonus exclusive content, tiers, projections, weekly episode of the Pivot Point, five bucks a month over at the Dynasty Theory Patreon. We appreciate everybody. From Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll see you next week. Peace.